Hey everyone, welcome back to Midnight Movie Confessionals. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm your co-host, Hans. Yes, my name is Hans. Yes, you can get over it all, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else there. My name is Hans. Hey, Hans, don't get mad at them. Hey, I'm Yasmin. Oh, hey, Yasmin, what's going on? Oh, nothing, Scott. Oh, um... Well, if anyone's wondering what's going on today, well, I just watched three movies back to back. Oh, three movies and a marathon of sorts throughout the past couple of hours, the past couple of days. And the movies that I watched, you want to sell them, Hans, or should I? You tell them, Scott. Thank you, Hans. Uh, I watched the Expendables trilogy, and the reason why is because there's a new movie coming out called Expendables or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what it's called, Scott. That's what it's called. Yeah, I believe you'd be correct on that one, uh, Hans. Uh, the reason why I watched them is because the new movie is coming out. I'm going to be watching it later today with Hans and Yasmin here. Yasmin doesn't really like to talk very much. I mean, she doesn't have to join me if she doesn't want to. She said she wanted to. Hans always has to because he's, he's part of the crew. Yasmin just wanted to come just because why not, right? She's a friend. She likes to volunteer to do stuff with me, which is nice. And she's a good little friend, you know? Anyways, I saw these... If I'm honest, the Expendables movies are just generic action movies for the sake of generic action. And you know what? That's fine. I like my generic action flicks to just kind of... Even if they're all-star tag team sort of thing that are just, like, literally filled to the brim with the most cliche of action things that are happening in the movies, that's fine. Like, I don't really know if I can really say much about the movies themselves except what I liked what I didn't like about them all I know Expendables 3 had some good moments I thought personally um the first one had had only one good thing going for it if you ask me and that the first one had one good moment if you ask me and that was the cameo appearances of both Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the same scene for a few moments with Sylvester Stallone. The first one stars Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, Jet Li, Jason Statham, Steve Austin. Uh, who else is in it? Bruce Willis, like I mentioned. Oh, Schwarzenegger. Um, who else was in it? Hey, uh, Terry Crews was in it. Randy Couture. I'm trying to think who else was in number one. I just watched it last night. I can look right now. But I don't really want to constantly have to do that. Oh, yeah. Mickey Rourke was also in it, too. He was not too bad in it, if you ask me. He was decent. He wasn't a pain in the ass. He was just kind of there as their tattoo artist, I guess. And that's fine. Like, I don't have an issue with that, if you ask me. The Expendables in itself is just a small is an action franchise that's been around for literally a decade now. But it's a franchise that doesn't feel like it needs to do more. And it's one of those ones that just... It has its moments, you know? Like, it also has, like, um... The idea of having... It's basically if you were to take, let's say, the most... Le- like, I, don't, I would say each character has their own thing for them, you know? They have their own, like, uh, pieces to them, which is nice. Like, each character in this crew has um a thing to them in a sense which is great if you ask me like it's nice to know like each one like you have 
Barney Ross, Lee Christmas, Gunnar Jensen, Ying Yang, Toll Road, Hale Caesar, Trent, well, Trench Mauser, Billy the Kid, Dr. Doc Death, and stuff like that, you know? You have Tool, who is played by Mickey Rourke. You have stuff like that in general, and that's fine. You have the Lone Wolf, known as Booker, who who's in the second one, and things like that. And that's fine. Like, I, I have no issues with that whatsoever. And again, that's fine to me. Like, I don't need them to be something in particular. I mean, Barney Ross is the leader of the crew, which is fine. He's very close to his team. He's, he's the leader, basically. Trench is uh, a competitor, mer like, leader of a mercenary group, which is fine. He does help out in the later ones, but it was only a joke that he wants to run for president in the first one because I was what Governor Schwarzenegger was at the time. He was the governor of California, so he couldn't really do a whole lot. And a lot of the ideas in them are pretty fun. Like, Lee Christmas is uh, Barney's second-in-command and his closest friend. He's a former SAS soldier. He's more of a... Um, He's an is it like as lo, as well with Doctor Death? He there he's an he's an expert knife thrower. He's the he, he's the knife expert in a sense. Um, Ying Yang is more the martial arts guy in the th three movies that he was in. Um, Gunnar Jensen's more like is one of the heavy art. He's I, I hate to say he's the comic relief, but he's kind of like the. If I'm honest, if I was to say what he is, he's. More or less the kind of person that is, um, he's kind of the, he's not close quarters, but he's definitely one of the heavy weapons experts, and he's also a bit of a loose cannon. Toll Road is more of the close quarters combat sort of guy because of, uh, him being played by Reddy Cotter. Hail Caesar is definitely one of the heavy, is definitely the, the heavy ex, like the heavy weapons kind of guy. He'd be the kind of person that would bring... Uh, AA-12 shotgun to a uh, pistol fight, you know? And which is fine. Like, there's a lot of small folks like that, and that's fine. Like, the first, like, um, let me see what the second one looks like, what the second one says. For, because they might have a little bit more. I know the villains in the, the second one had a better villain, if you ask me, than the first one. The first one, there wasn't really much for a villain. The guy was just, like, some, like, general who overthrew like overthrew the government at on this small little island kind of like a commando thing like that's what it felt like i felt like i was watching commando hey, hey skull don't be saying it like that well what do you mean hans well yeah it is a lot but it's not really that generic well what do you mean well if i'm on skull it's more along the lines of like let's say it is kind of a generic cliche 80s film but it's done in 2010 but it does have some good moments, too, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, there wasn't many. There were a lot of blowing stuff up, and there were a few good one-liners. Well, yeah, that's what happens in every action movie, Scott. Have you not seen a movie? Yeah, I have, Hans. What are you talking about? Ugh, Hans. I, I honestly think I need to bring you on one of my rewatches one of these days. I mean, the second one I thought had better action and better villains, if you ask me. Well, yeah. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme is the villain for crying out loud. Yeah. Yin Yang is the like like I said, he's the Uh we also had Chuck Norris in it as a nice little clever like uh cameo as a guy named Booker who is a retired military op who does what have you. He's pretty cool that like just has some like Chuck Norris facts in it in it as a funny ha ha. Yeah, the barrel weapons expert is what Hale Caesar is, and the demolitions expert is Toll Road, I mean to say, and um yeah, we had Jean Velaine, 
played by Jean-Claude Van Damme in the second one. And that actor was fantastic as a badass, as one of the, as the, like, like, it was just so funny to me how he was done. And, like, it, he just, he made it worth the effort to see him do some of the things he did. And he was just so well done, if you ask me. I didn't hate him whatsoever. But, um, he did well, if you ask me. I know... The third one I liked the most, in a sense, because of the fact that, one, parts of the third one made more sense due to the fact that, one, we had, um, Barney want to retire the old crew. Not retire, retire, but he wanted to break off the old t- crew because most of them were, um, not necessarily bad, but he just didn't feel like he'd be comfortable with losing them, which I get it 100%. That's one of those things. And that's fine. Like, I, I get it, 100%. But we also had people like Wesley Snipes in it as Dr. Death, a.k.a. Doc. He was great in it. He was also one of the original Expendable members, originally, for his story. But the reason why... In, but he wasn't available in the first and the second due to his uh, jail sentence for tax evasion. And we and we had Antonio Banderas, who I love to death sometimes. You see that a lot, Scott? Why do you like him so much? Well, you've seen Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico with me, haven't you, uh, Hans and Yasmin? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. Oh, yeah? What do you think about Antonio Banderas, guys? Well, for me, I like him a lot. I think he's well, he does his move, he does the role very well for a, a war veteran who's kind of been troubled for a few things and also is a, is a bit of a sharpshooter, but he doesn't look like he is one in this movie. He looks like a bit of a goofball. I agree with that. You do, Yasmin? Oh, yeah. You mean, put him in movies like Mask of Zorro, Legend of Zorro. He's great, man. Yeah, I could agree on that. But when you put him in movies like Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, part of the Mexico trilogy that Robert Rodriguez did, he's not really a goofball per se. He does have his moments, but he does kind of have some moments where it's like, you know for a fact he's dangerous. You don't want to mess with him. Well, yeah, that's the point. Who was that? Oh, yes, man. When did you do that? I sometimes do that. Are you trying to replace Hans? Don't be trying to replace him. Yeah, don't replace me, Yasmin. Although you're male. Although you're female. Oh, yeah, I am. Sometimes I like to have a deep voice. (laughs) But yeah, we have... uh, Who else is in uh, the third one? We also had Kelsey Grammer as a retired ally... Well, retired Merc and Ally of the Expendables, who's mostly a recruiter named Bonaparte, who's pretty good in it, if you ask me. We also had Ronda Rousey, who is quite the like uh, the athletic person in it. And we also had um, Glenn Powell as Thorne, who was pretty good in it as a skilled hacker, climber, and drone pilot. We had Mars, who was a sharpshooter, lethal soldier, and used to work for DARPA. And then we also had people like Robert Dotvi as Goran Vata, who is the head of the Albanian Mafia, who is, I guess, working with Mel Gibson, who is playing, who is the bad guy in this one, as Conrad Stonebanks, who used to be a member of the Expendables, who was, who was a member of the Expendables before going rogue. And there was a few other things going on in this movie that were quite well done. I mean, the action scenes were pretty good. Like, especially the scenes where you have Antonio on screen, just literally, most of his dealings in this movie for the most part when he's actually able to be used i feel like he just gets away with everything because of pure luck in the movie but that's a good thing 
I don't hate that, but it's like, holy crap, how did he escape that? Oh, yeah, movie lock. Anyways, like, if I had to rate every single one of the movies, I gotta say the first one is definitely an 8 out of 10. It is quite, I, I won't even say that, I would say it's maybe a 6 out of 10. It feels forgettable, same with the, the second, well, the, maybe a 6 or a 7, maybe an 8. I'm, I'm, I'm in between a 6 and an 8. Let's reasonably say a 7. It has a lot of things that are forgettable, but it reminds me of, let's say, an old PlayStation 2 game or an old 80s movie, like Mercenaries, Playground Destruction, or even um, Commando. That's what it kind of makes me think of. It makes me think of those if you put them together into a movie. If you took the video game idea of, of Mercenaries and put it into Commando and then made this into a movie, boom. you got. That's what the Expendables are, in my opinion. Like... From what I can tell with Expend Forbles or Expendables 4, I'm just going to call it the Expendables 4 for this podcast. I'm, it may be called Expend Forbles or however it's pronounced. I'm calling it Expendables 4, but if I'm going to phonetically call it what it's called, I'm just going to call it Expend Forbles. And I'll discuss the plot in that one after I see the movie later today, folks. Hans and Yasmin will definitely be there to keep me uh, entertained as well. And they'll keep me under control. Won't you guys? Well, yeah. I kind of have to, Scott. You sometimes go a little over the edge on things. What do you mean? I'm just watching a good movie. One of these days, we're going to watch the Mexico Trilogy. And I know for a fact, Hans, you're going to like it a lot more than you're probably going to like this one. This is, again, a generic action film franchise that is just... I could just sit down and shut up and not be on the edge of my seat. Mission Impossible 7, you and I both know we were kind of like, whoa boy, whoa boy, whoa boy, whoa boy, whoa boy. And we don't want to be doing that, right? Well, yeah, we don't want to be doing that. I don't think Yasma wants to do that either. I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And even then, it's just um, one of those things. I do know one thing's for certain that um, this does look like a generic action film, but you know what? That's fine. I don't mind generic action. I like my movies that have some generic balls to the wall action that is just so stupid that even I could just enjoy, just sh- smile at. That's what I want out of a good movie. And that's what I'm going to get, hopefully, out of this movie. I think uh, Yasmin will agree to that as well. I think she might not like it a whole lot, but you know what? She might too. I don't know. But yeah, I'm hoping that the movie will be good. I'm hoping it won't disappoint me. If it does, I will definitely not be impressed. But at the same time, I don't know what the situation is going to be like. Hopefully it'll be good. I know, Hans, you've been talking about this movie a little bit. You wanted to see these movies back-to-back to back a little bit with me too, didn't you? Well, yeah, I kind of had to, Scott. How else am I going to remember these movies to begin with? That's true. I mean, I'm glad you... Uh, or seeing it with me, anyways. Let's go. I kind of have to. How else am I going to see the movie? Am I going to wait till it's on streaming and whatnot? You could if you wanted to. I wouldn't blame you. I'd watch it with you. You'd probably watch it with me, anyways. Yeah, I probably would. Well, at the same time, Hans, it's a good thing that we're just doing it for the one day today, and then after that. We will probably see something else that's actually worth the exciting movie watching, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Who knows? 
because I know I don't. Well, Skull, if you're going to be doing that, well, you're going to have to bring me along. Well, of course I'm going to bring you along, Hans. What else am I going to bring? I'm only bringing you and Yasmin along just because I feel like Yasmin might have some input on the movie. She might not, but you never know with some folks. Oh, yeah, Skull, I want to see this movie, too. You do? Oh, yeah. You maybe watch the other ones with, with you and Hans. All right, Yasmin. I'll bring you along too. <laughs> Anyways, folks, I do know one thing certain. It is time for me to see this movie, and I'm gonna let you all know as a brief warning, as usual, when it comes to these pieces of movie, pieces that I do, these reviews. Be prepared for some spoilers to be coming, and the review will be coming, and I will remind you again. When I start again with part two of this, I'll even say there's a warning that there is going to be spoilers ahead. And I'm probably going to discuss it a little bit, but I won't get into too much detail. I'll probably just do how it was with Gran Turismo. Hans remembers that. I'll probably do it like that again. But I am going to warn you that there will be spoilers ahead. So be prepared when the review starts in three, two, one. And we're back with part two of Internet Movie Profession. Now, again, this is a warning for anyone that is about to go see Expendables 4, or as I'm calling it, Expendables. Um, this is a spoiler warning, so please be warned that there are going to be a lot of warning. There's going to be a lot of spoilers in this review for this podcast, so please remember that. And uh, yes, we're back. Uh, so we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Like everyone, how's it going? I just came out of the movie theater, saw Expendables 4, fantastic movie, I gotta say, fan-freaking-tastic. I think out of the movies that I've seen the past little while, this was great. I'm not trying to be hyperbole with that by saying it's great, but it was amazing. Like, it was just fantastic. I don't know how else to describe it, but I could definitely say I'm not gonna go crazy into details, but I kind of want to a little bit. So probably knowing me, I'm probably gonna mention a few things that happened. Like, um, let's get let's start off with the cast. Who's in it? Besides Jason Statham, Sylvester Stallone, um, Curtis Jackson, also knows Fifty Cent is in it. Megan Fox, Dolph Lundgren, Tony Jaa, Iko Uwais, Freddie Couture, Jacob Cpo, Levi Tran, and Andy Garcia home i didn't expect to see but you know what this was a nice twist overall to see him again because i haven't seen him in many movies in such a long time so to see him again in any movie is kind of like wow that's cool so to see him in this was kind of nice it was a nice switch up um so i know hans and yasmin want to talk a little bit about it don't you guys oh yeah i want to talk about this a little bit small yeah i want to talk about it too what do you guys want to talk about what was your favorite parts of this movie, if you were to say anything, before we get off on the wrong foot? Well, maybe you should review the movie first, a little bit. Well, yeah, I agree, Skull. I think you should. I think you definitely should review a little bit more of it, Skull, before you even talk about the role. Well, of course I should do that. Alright, well, basically, Expendables are sent to Libya by their old, uh, the old master of sorts, you could say. 
Andy Garcia playing the role of Marsh, a CIA agent who sends them out there to Libya with new people like Gina, the CIA operative, a member of the Expendables, as well as Luke Christensen's former girlfriend, Easy Day, a new member of the Expendables, uh, Galad, who is a, the son of Antonio Banderas' character from Expendables 3, Galgo, whom he acts just like his dad, and if I'm honest, he's just so sweet. Like, I just, I love his energy. He is like me, and if I'm truly honest, he reminds me a lot of me, and I love that about him, because of the fact that, one, there are times when I don't know when to shut up, and there are times that I do, but I just remember how he was very quiet at times, and he was quite good in this. But anyways, they're assigned to help out with the task, to keep a mercenary named Ramat from stealing some nuclear warheads from this mysterious ocelot whom Barney tried to apprehend 25 years earlier. I'm not too certain on when the time frame was in this movie for when that was about to happen, actually, but you know what? That's okay. I know it was 25 years in the past. I don't know if it was before the movie or after, like, like, like during what parts of the movie. But, um, yeah. It was definitely how many odd years before. However, the team is incapacitated when all their vehicles get destroyed in the ensuing fight. Barney, who decided to stay behind on the plane, is killed when it's shot down, sadly, which really hurt me a lot. We see a memorial service where the operative reveals that the team will go after Ocelot and Ramal. Ramat without Lee. Lee's upset because of the case that, like, because of the fact that one, he's no longer being a part of the team, he's out of the team. He disobeyed Barney's orders to save him. And it didn't really work out because he tried to sacrifice what he could to help save him. But it didn't work out because like Barney died as a result of him sacrificing himself in a sense. And um, it just didn't work out. At a memorial service, we see Barney, like, well, get, see music being played that Barney would not like and made by a cover band and whatnot, which is definitely not something he would want at all at his funeral service, but you know what? Knowing me, I'd be the same, but at the same time, if someone's actually doing a cover of a song, and they're not a cover band, they're an actual band band, they're doing a cover for me, for my like for my memorial service, that's fine. That's totally fine for me. I'm okay with that. But um, anyways, Gina is meant to be replacing uh, Lee, who was meant to be like, because Lee was meant to be leading the team if Barty died, because he was the second in command, he does not get to. And she also brings in a female operative named Lash into the experiment, which is kind of nice, because you know what? The third one did have um, Ronda Rousey as an expendable team member, as a new recruit that Bonaparte, Kelsey Grammer's character, recruited with uh, Barney, which was nice to see, because honestly, I'm thinking to myself right now, if they ever do decide to get an Expendables spinoff happening, I would go see it. Yeah, I would too. Whoa, Yasmin, you want to go see that? Well, yeah. It's kind of my thing. I am a female hedgehog after all. <laughs> That's true. I don't know about Hans if he'd want to go see it. Well, yes, well, I would like to go see that. You would? Well, yeah. Girls kicking ass is kind of nice to see every now and then. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of nice to see. So, I can agree with you both there. <laughs> Anyways, if that did happen, that'd be great. I don't know if it will. Who knows what's going to happen in the future. 
But anyways, they travel to Asia where they're, where they're actually being trailed secretly by Lee, who slipped a uh, tracking device in with uh, Gina's stuff with this knife that he gave her, which was one, I think it was one of his own that he got. He brought a tracking device that she didn't know about. <laughs> but it is revealed when they're... Bar- like he, um, because of Barney's death, it is revealed that there was a file that states there was an eyewitness that could identify Ocelot, and it also reveals that he plant like the 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 operative knows Ocelot wants to ignite World War Three by letting a nuclear war a nuclear warhead explode in like, near the coast of Vladivostok, and they're transporting him on a ship that is disguised as an aircraft hang a carrier from the U.S. As they as Marsh and the Expendables actually board the ship. They are ambushed and taken hostage, and Marsh is taken away to negotiate a prisoner exchange for the eyewitness. While Lee has decided to travel to Thailand and recruit his own uh, uh, former expendable who knew Barney, who was turned uh, into like who was turned into a pacifist because of the things he saw when he was an expendable and through all the jobs that he worked with and whatnot, which I can definitely appreciate and understand. I understand that 100 percent. Um, anyways, he decides to do this, and he agrees to help, uh, the, the Expendable is named Daisha, he decides to help Lee avenge Barney, and as they both find their way through the ship, Daisha does actually have a change of heart and helps him rescue the rest of the team, because he originally said, I'm not going to help you with this, I'm just going to get you to the boat, and you're on your own after, besides to, after a change of heart, help him. Which was nice. If I'm honest, that's something I would do. Even if I turned past myself, if I knew that one of my friends died and it was on a job, I would want to avenge them if I could. If it was something like this. If it was something this intense. But knowing me, I'm not into anything that extreme or anything of that sort, which is nice, which is good. So it was, I'd be in a lot of trouble, I feel like. Because they're not into that sort of thing. Well, anyways, they help one another out. They get themselves figured out. They um, find themselves doing what they need to do. They also watch an attack on Ramat's forces during the during which Chris kills him. But he finds again. He also in the in the exchange finds that Tolo didn't have any willing immediate medical care during the prisoner exchange. Marsh reveals himself to be Ocelot, the son of a bitch. Like, I can't believe it. Whoa, 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 language school. Sorry, Hans. I'm just, I, that was the only time I was like, what? I was a little angry, but you know what? That made the movie good, you know what I mean? It was definitely a twist that I didn't expect. No way, it's a generic cliche action movie. Of course you're going to expect it, honestly. But he was hopefully... Hopefully, trying to financially profit from igniting World War Three while the while the team would be uh, left to like leave the boat to save uh, Toll Road. Christmas stays behind to turn the ship around to avoid a global conflict. He confronts Marsh, who surprisingly gets killed by someone who faked his death. In order to lure Oslo out of hiding, who did he? Who was that? May I ask? Oh yeah, Barney. And I can't believe he did the son of a bitch. It was such a clever move for him to do that. If you ask me, about the same time, I'm like, you son of a bitch. But Sylvester Stallone knows how to play it well. I'll definitely say, and I appreciate him for that. 
And um, I want to like he saves Lee one more time, and then they uh, get out of there. The bomb, they blow up the ship with the nukes on there, and with the nukes underwater, they blow up pretty much under the water with no one being able to tell where the what the hell happened. Which is actually kind of a good thing if you ask me, but at the same time, holy crap. They cut, they find out who actually, what actually happened is, he faked his death, but he used a guy that Barney had a scuffle with before they went on the job, who took his lucky ring, and he used him as bait. But there was also another scene that I forgot to mention, which after Lee was taken off the Expendables team, he tries to do a private security gig for a influencer which didn't work out for him. He tries to do a few other dumb things as well. But overall, he does what he can. And uh, yeah, in the end, it all ends with a wonderful, wonderful way to end the series in a positive fashion, if you ask me, with a montage credit sequence to my favorite one of my favorite songs by Thin Lizzy, The Boys Are Back in Town. And I can definitely say it's quite fantastic. I definitely know I enjoyed it. I know I did too. Yeah, I enjoyed that song too, Scott. I am glad I, I may not be part of I actually am part of Irish school. I keep on forgetting that. You are? Well, why didn't you tell me? Hans? What's your favorite Thin Lizzy song? Well, I like a lot of their songs at school, but if I have to mention any, really, I have to say my favorite from them is actually uh, Whiskey in the Jar. Really? I didn't, I didn't think you would be a fan of that song. I thought you'd be more of a fan of like Black Rose or maybe uh, Johnny or Rocky, maybe. No, I like, I like Whiskey in the Jar more. Well, that's cool, Hans. Good to know. I'm glad you told me more about you a little bit. Well, you never really did ask me about this sort of thing, Skull. That is true, I didn't. I'm sorry, Hans. Maybe in the future I'll ask more. But yeah, you should. Boys, boys, boys! Quit the, quit the yelling at one another. All right, Yasmin, I'm sorry. What did you like about this movie, Yasmin and Han? Well, Skull, to tell you the truth, I kind of like the egg that I had seen. But then again, there were all the scenes in this movie I did actually kind of like where we were seeing the board, where everyone in the crew actually work out in Libya a little bit. That is a good scene. Yeah, actually, when they're like actually deploying into Libya and trying to rescue who they can, trying to rescue, they try to get the uh, stuff. Like the nuclear warheads. Yeah, I, I can agree to that. Yasmin, what about you? Oh, Skull, I kind of liked when uh, I saw Galgo's son doing all that acrobatic stuff that his dad kind of did. Yeah? Why is that? He kind of was like Antonio Banderas. Really? You liked him because of like, how he reminds you of Antonio Banderas? Whom I also like as well, so... I can understand that too. Oh yeah, I kinda have to like Antonio Banderas, he's a heartthrob! 
Hold on there, Yasmin. He's a little too old for you as well as me. <laughs> but I can appreciate that as well, Yasmin. I can 100% appreciate that. But uh, yeah, my favorite scene, if I'm honest, actually was with Lee Christmas, Jason Statham's character, beating the crap out of that social media influencer. If I'm honest, I wouldn't want to mess with anyone that's ex-military or at least has a lot of special forces training used to be a private military contractor. I would not want to mess with them on my life. So I can understand how he's feeling about that. But uh, yeah, I can appreciate that as well. I can I can appreciate a good few scenes. I mean, when we saw the plot twist kind of happen, I was like, come on, it felt a little too cliche, but you know what? I will definitely say that if we do get a sequel to this franchise, I know Sylvester Stallone will not be in it, from what I can tell. He's put the he's uh, pushed all the like all the leading and all that to Jason Statham. You know what? I applaud him to doing that in a positive way. I mean, they may write out Barney properly, not like this, but they might just write him out where he's retired or had or just he's passed away in between films, but he's given. Um, Lee the lucky ring that he's always had on him at all times and you know what I'd be okay with that if they do something like that with him but uh yeah um I could definitely say there's some other scenes in this movie that I like too but I definitely could say the end credits like Han me and Hans here I can agree it was a good scene I'm not saying that was the best part of the movie it wasn't like the be-all end-all scene but I could definitely appreciate a good scene like that if it's something like that overall and I could definitely appreciate it overall that he liked it well yeah I kind of liked I had to like his school I'm, I, I'm Irish like I said yeah you did tell me that I wish you told me that when I first uh, met you Hans well why didn't why did you know oh what yes man what are you talking about you part Irish too? Yeah, I am. No way. Oh boy. Anyways, it's not a big deal. It's not really Scott, but you know what? It's a big deal. This movie was quite good. Not my favorite, and I feel like it was a good machismo action flick that we needed to both watch. And Yasmin enjoyed it too, so that was nice. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Yes, God, I liked it a lot. <laughs> I am glad you did. Would you want to see more movies with both me and Hans? Yeah, I kind of want to see that Wonka movie. Really? All right, then. Well, if I can, I'll bring you with me, Yasmin, and then also see if Hans wants to see it, too. I know he's he's apparently he's the true cinephile out of all three of us here. <laughs> oh, school, you're more of the cinephile. You're the one that picked me up because you, you knew about me a little bit more. It's true, but you've seen every movie ever, apparently, buddy. So I have to choose. I have to bring both of you if we go see Wonka. But I know there's another movie I want to go see. I don't know if you want to go see it, Hans. I don't think Yasmin would either. But um, the movie I want to go see later on next month is actually Killers on the Flower Moon. Oh, Killers of the Flower Moon, or something. Like that. Whatever the name of it is, the new Martin Scorsese film. Yeah, I can't wait to see that movie too. Well, let's go see it together, Hans. But you're picking up the popcorn this time. I'm not making. I'm not paid for it. 
Oh, come on, Skull. How am I supposed to pay for it? I'm a hedgehog. Fair enough. But I'm not buying a, I'm not buying a large one. Not after the last time, Hans. Okay, fine. I can have a small... You have a kid's one, okay? I'm not made of money. <laughs> oh, school. Why you gotta do this to me? <sighs> Let's not bicker in front of the audience, eh, Hans? I don't think that's okay. You alright? Anyways, I had a fun time with this movie. Hopefully, if we do see more of this movie, if we ever do, I'm happy to see it happen. I'm happy that Sylvester Stallone is kind of saying, you know what, this might be my last film. It might not be. If I've been hearing reports, it could very well be his last. I don't know if it is for certain, but I know he's kind of just saying, you know what, I'm kind of letting the, old, the, old, the other folks that I've worked with for so long kind of do their, like, do my own, like, let them do the thing and continue this franchise on. I'll sit back idly by, you know. And you know what? That's okay to me. And you know what? He is... Like, it does say he might actually retire soon. But you know what? If he doesn't, I can understand if he doesn't, you know? At 76, he's still going strong. And you know what? I applaud Sylvester Stallone for still going strong. If he decides to retire, it'll be heartbreaking, but you know what? I'll still applaud him for it, you know? And, uh, he's still doing what he can, you know? But even then, he's still doing well for himself. I know the next, like I said, Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, are going to be the next movie, or is going to be the next movie I go see. I might go see Wonka with Yasmin and Hans. Hans is definitely going to come with me with the Killers of the Flower Moon. Yasmin doesn't need to. She doesn't want to. I'm not going to force her. I might come with you, Scott. Really? You want to come with me, Yasmin? Yeah, I kind of want to. Well, why is that? You think Leo DiCaprio is a heartthrob? You bet your ass. Language, Yasmin. You're just giving me crap about bickering with Hans and swearing. Bad enough. I'm sorry, folks. It's okay. It's okay. But you know what? I, I admit... If you want to come with me, you can. If not, that's okay. We don't have to all go together. But you know what? It's always nice to have co-hosts that join in on the fun and the silliness with me. And, uh, yeah, I kind of definitely have to say, for a movie that worked to its benefit on what it was trying to do was nice. I liked how a lot of the things that were happening in this movie felt, like, a little too surreal for me. But at the same time, it felt like, holy crap, this is actually happening. But I will definitely say, this if it is the end of the road for Stallone, if it is his last film, I'm happy for him. He did well. Even if he was in this movie only very briefly, that's fine. I think uh, Jason Statham and everyone else, like Eddie Garcia and everyone that was a part of the movie, brought the movie to quite the incredible lead and climax and everything else that came with it. It wasn't like a spe Expendables 3, if you ask me. It was definitely good. It was definitely one I'm happy I saw. And I can't wait to see what happens next with this franchise. If we get another movie. If we don't, no big deal. I won't be disappointed. I'll just kind of be like, whatever. But, uh... I should probably wrap this review up. 
with my final thoughts and my rating. But you want to rate this game's fault? Yes, Yasmin and Hans. I really want to finish it up with a review, with a rating. But what are you gonna rate a score? Are you gonna rate it a ten like you did Indiana Jones? No, I'm not doing that. Not like the last time. I know you gave me a bit of a guff for that, buddy. But what do you think about rating it? If I'm honest, for a movie like this, it's a generic action film. I would definitely say, for what it's worth. It's definitely a lot better than the second, not right even the second, the third Expendables a little bit. I remember the third one a little bit more because I just watched it again, same with the first and the second. I would definitely say I liked how it ended, for sure. It did kind of bring back that nostalgia factor for me. I don't think I'm going to be seeing it numerous times like I did Indiana Jones this time. But I will say it was quite enjoyable. Um... To give it a rating, I would have to give this movie a 7 or an 8. I'm really leaning towards a solid 7. It's not forgettable, but it's a cliche action film, you know? Like, everyone's done it. Like, there's nothing new that can be done in the action genre that everyone else hasn't done. Like, it just feels like everyone has done this, you know what I mean? It was just a... It was a big group hog action film in a sense. It was a big ensemble action film that took ideas from pretty much everything in a sense. And you know what? That's not a big deal. That's not a bad thing to me either. If I'm honest, I'm just kind of getting tired of the same old shtick, it feels like, with all these movies. Um, I will say, though, that this is a good movie. If you are a fan of The Expendables, if you're a fan of action films, Go see this one. It's definitely worth checking out. I know Hans and Yasmin liked it. I know I did too. I have not needed to say anything nasty about this film because it wasn't horrendous. There have been some horrendous movies that I've seen in the past that I don't want to talk about. But this one was definitely worth the experience fully. I will 100% if someone asks me to go see it with them, go see it with them. But right now, I think I'm good on what I needed to say. What about you, Hans and Yasmin? Well, Skull, I actually did like this movie as well. I didn't like it as much as you probably did. I'd give it a five. Really? You thought it was that bad? Not really that, Skull. I just feel like I've seen every other action movie that's out there that's done ensemble stuff like this. Like, I even remember watching that McBain movie a couple years back. Really? You watched McBain? Oof. That's not a movie I want to watch again. Oh. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, guys. Especially you and Yasmin, folks. Yasmin, what do you think about this movie? I liked it a lot, but I feel like I think my new son's character needed a little more screen time. Oh? What would you rate it, though? Eh, I'd give it a 7. Okay, so we're right around... On average, we're around a six, really. But I'm sticking with my final score for Expend Four Bulls or Expendables Four. I'm only calling it Expendables Four, but if people want to be phonetically correct about it. It's Expend Four Bulls. I'm gonna give it, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm gonna give it an eight. Not the best. No, actually not. I'm gonna give it a seven. Actually, I'm gonna give it a seven. 
it's definitely good, like I said, but definitely needs a little, like, if it had a little bit more touch up, not all the crazy action that most people want, had a little bit more action in there, I'd probably be giving this an eight. I'm not saying I need action for everything, but at least this kept me glued. It didn't have me like, it didn't have me like, oh, oh, oh. Like it had me doing that a little bit, but it didn't have me going, like almost getting out of my seat because the movie was so intense on the action. Like when Mission Impossible happened. Yeah, just like that, yeah. Well, yes, well, you were all over the place with that one. I mean, wouldn't you be hard if you're an action geek? I guess. Yeah, well. Anyways, folks, that's all I have to say about the Expendables 4, or Expendables, whatever you want to call it. I definitely had a good time, so did Hondo Yasmin. I have to say... Toodoo, farewell, farewell. To y'all, until next time, folks, this is Scott. This is Hall. This is Hall. And this is Yasmin. Signing out. And, Bye-bye. Bye-bye.